When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drive Podcast. I'm Rita Hubbard, the NFL Chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. Ravens going to the Lions then. I'm using an old Brian Billick uh, quote and uh, basically came out and kicked some ass, Cordell, as the Ravens were victorious against the what was known as the bullies of the NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, in big, big fashion uh, on Christmas Day. So uh, real quick, before we break into, you know, how each side of the ball did, uh, what was your take generally on what you saw on Monday night? Did the, the league get put on notice? You know, I, I don't believe in things like that, but, you know, because they were already the number one seed in the AFC. But, you know, uh, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, they they definitely made a statement in that game. Um, I didn't think that there would be a dominating team on either side. I thought it'd be back and Close. forth. I thought it'd be a closer game than it was. And no way did I ever think that the Ravens were going to go out there and get their butts kicked. I also didn't think the Niners were going to get their butts kicked either. So, I mean, I guess that was a, a surprise for me. But um, yeah, I mean, I think at this point and where it stands right now for what it's worth, um, the Ravens are, you know, probably the, the front runners for the Super Bowl right now. You, you, you have to look at them as the best team in the NFL going to San Francisco, dominating that team the way that they did. I mean, we just haven't seen the Niners look like that, uh, for four quarters. And it's just another example of, um, this Ravens defense having offenses look lost of, I mean, the Niners never really had anything going early in the game. They had a couple things going to George Kittle, some late stuff to IU Christian McCaffrey still, you know, he had himself a pretty decent day, but by his standards, it wasn't great. He had a couple of chunk plays. Um, But all in all, I mean, the Ravens just continue to show that they play, um, a style that people can't keep up with. And I saw Patrick Queen say that, and, it, and it's true. I mean, when you see these guys come out there and physically dominate teams the way that they do on all phases, on all phases, not just defensively, but, I mean, offensively, they played with a certain nastiness in that game. Um, and the Niners just could not match that level of intensity, that level of physicality. And you have to wonder right now can anybody match it i mean when you see the niners look the way that they did at home i mean you have to start thinking is there anybody that can beat the ravens on their best day yeah completely agree with you there let's start with the defense um listen man the defense did what needed to be done 
Um, you know, Kyle Hamilton, what, what can we say more about him? He continues to be a superstar. But my favorite thing about the night, in addition to, you know, what we saw from Kyle Hamilton is um, a lot of unsung heroes in, in this game in terms of um, names. So, you know, Jadavian Clowney has been playing well, but, you know, he, it feels like we haven't really heard his name much, but he was so disruptive. And guys like Brent Urban being disruptive. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to go to the game. So it felt like every time Brent Urban was put in the, to the game, Cordell, they were holding. I mean, it just literally like, and it was blatant too. And some of them was getting called, some of them wasn't getting called. And, and it was just like, you know, they really could not do anything with, with what they had um, moving up front. Travis Jones, I thought, was um, disruptive. It was really good to see everybody on the defense doing their part. You know what I'm saying? Patrick Queen had an interception. Marlon, I mean, yes, I, I know I'm sounding really gushy right now, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I, I'm sounding, you know, like, wow. But it really was a wild type game from that, from that defense when you look at the offense that the 49ers have. Now, I will say this. The 49ers did the Ravens all the favors because I'm not really sure why you're not putting Ayuk on Stevens sooner. Uh, but hey, who are, who are me to judge? Thank you very much for not doing that because it allowed the Ravens to really do what they do well. And um, you know, Marlon had a situation where I mean, he had a, he was holding down Debo Samuels. You know, again, Stevens, I thought, played well. But, again, you know, the, for whatever reason, they did two things that I didn't understand. They didn't go back to the run consistently in the second half. They didn't really get it into Brandon Ayuk's And I don't know if that's a, and because of what they were doing up front where Brock Purdy just kind of had some happy feet and he was hearing footsteps or if, you know, the Ravens were just taking the 49ers out of sync because they are a timing offense um, when they are passing. And so you just saw, you know, some situations where it's like, well, I believe um, Christian McCaffrey had 89 yards going into the half. And then we didn't really see Christian McCaffrey anymore. And so then again, you know, they just were doing things that were very questionable, but maybe that's a credit to what the Ravens were doing and showing them that they were confused about what it is that they wanted to do. Sam Darnold comes in and look, they had to, they had to make up time, right? I think that Sam Darnold is a better athlete. I think that Sam Darnold um, is just not consistent enough at quarterback, which is why he's a backup. But if Sam Darnold could be more consistent, he would be a number one somewhere else. He comes in and he does essentially everything that I thought that they would have done throughout the other three quarters, right? But ultimately, it just wasn't enough because the defense was so good. They ended the game, obviously, with Marcus Williams uh, with the touchdown. I mean, with the, excuse me, the interception. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, a... Total team effort. Um, the defense, it was all phases, uh, all three levels showing up. Marlon Humphrey, I thought he had his best game of the season. He did, for sure. Um, just not only just in the coverage, but the physicality. He got to play uh, closer to the line of scrimmage. Figured they'd go heavy in the slot with him, especially when you see that Arthur Millette is inactive. You knew it was going to be uh, Kyle Hamilton and, and Marlon Humphrey Day in the nickel, which is perfect because you got to – in that type of game, you can't play around. Even if Millette's healthy, let's be honest, it didn't need to be a Millette game. It, Thank it just, you. It, it worked out the way that it was supposed to, 100%. Right. You had to go out there with your best guys and put your best game plan together. And Mike McDonald, I think, really showed out in this one. And I've never been the – I have kind of stayed clear of 
Mike McDonald and the head coach and stuff. But when you put on a type of coaching clinic the way he did Christmas night, where it's the only game on, everybody's watching it against that type of team with those types of weapons, somebody's noticing. (laughs) Somebody is noticing what this dude is doing. And maybe that somebody is Steve Bashad. You know, maybe they figure out a way to keep Mike McDonald here long term. I don't know. Um, But Mike McDonald is a freaking genius, the way that he orchestrates that defense, honestly. I mean, I haven't seen Kyle Shanahan. Forget the players. I mean, Brock Purdy looked lost from the beginning. They all did. did. Um, Did. But I think that's a byproduct of Kyle Shanahan looking lost. I don't think Kyle Shanahan knew what he was looking at out there, and that has happened plenty of times this year where it feels like opposing offensive coordinators can't figure this defense out. They give you these looks pre-snap that give you the indication that it's the same thing every time. And you just don't know what's coming. They're just, they're just so good with that. Um, But yeah, I mean, Marlon, Marlon was outstanding. He played so physical. He was great in the run. Great as a blitzer. He, he, he just was dynamic. He he was dynamic in that game. Kyle Hamilton can't say enough about him. I mean, the dude is really putting a stamp on what I believe is an all pro season for him. Um, You look at uh, Travis Jones, Travis Jones showed up a couple of times. I mean, I thought that I thought the defensive front played really well. I thought the Ravens as a, as a defense had one of their better tackling games. So many times Christian McCaffrey is getting through the first level, but he yep. isn't able to really go anywhere because you've got somebody, maybe it's just a matter BK or somebody, somebody's got his foot and they're just not letting him go. And then the Calvary comes, they did a really good job of tackling in this game. And that was one of the keys because this Niners offense they lead the league in yards after catch. Uh, Christian McCaffrey obviously leads the league in rushing. Him, his rushing numbers after first contact are through the roof. So this was a team that you had to show up and be ready to tackle against. And, the, and to the Ravens' credit, um, they were. Stevens, yeah, I mean, Stevens had his warts later in the game. But all in all, I thought Stevens still played well. He still was able to play physical. He made some plays on the ball down the field. Um, yep. You know, it it just, you know, you get into that mode late in the game where they're down multiple scores. You're you're playing a different type of coverage at that point. So you're going to let certain things go. Um, But all in all, I just just thought the defense played really well. You mentioned Davian Clowney. He and Kyle Van Noy really showed up again in this game. I mean, they won this game in the trenches on both sides, really. Um, but sticking with the defense, uh, and the, they dominated that Niners offensive line. That old, that Niners offensive line looked the way the Ravens O-line has been looking over the last month or so. Um, so that's a credit to those guys. And Matt Abike, while he didn't get a sack and his streak ends, um, I still thought the dude was wrecking havoc back there. He got plenty of pressures, was there in the run game. He, he, he just He did everything you want him to do. He and Travis Jones, I think, really showed out in that game. Um, the linebackers, I mean, Roquan and Patrick Queen, they they clearly showed up as well. Patrick Queen getting the interception, and he's out there laboring. I mean, all all that that whole second half, I'm watching Patrick Queen look like he's dealing with something with his shoulder or his collarbone or something, and he would not come out the game. And that's a weekly thing with him. If you watch Patrick Queen throughout the season, he's gotten nicked up and hurt plenty of times in these games, and 
Sometimes he comes out, but a lot of times he doesn't. A lot of times he stays on the field and tries to play through it. The dude is a warrior um, and definitely should be uh, shouted out for that. And I, I think the secondary just continued to have a really good day. It looked bleak early. Um, it looked like they were really targeting Marcus Williams early, going to George Kittle quite a bit on that first drive. Um, but credit to them, they they stiffened up. They get the interception in the end zone to, to cap off that first drive. And Brock Purdy, I talked all week about how the dude doesn't get fooled, and the Ravens fooled him all game, all game. Four yeah. interceptions from him. You get the one interception from Darnold. Uh, yep. Purdy, I, I mean, he was seeing ghosts. <laughs> he was clearly seeing ghosts. The Raven, and, and I said, if the Ravens, the, the, everybody uh, was asking me, you know, we are only we're only hearing about what the Niners are good at. What about with the Ravens? What advantage do they have? And the one advantage I kept saying was in the trenches. They can get pressure on Purdy. They can beat that offensive line up, and that's exactly what they did. Yep. And, and look, they, I believe they've had some injuries on the offensive line. Mm -hmm. So it is what it is, right? We all are dealing. Um, when you look, when we look, every team is dealing with injuries. It's not just, you know, uh, the 49ers dealing with injuries. This is the time of year that you're going to struggle. And so you have to capitalize off of those things. Um, and I think that the Ravens did a really good job of doing that. I definitely want to switch to the offensive side of the ball now and talk about what they did in this 49ers game. So the Ravens offense comes in, and I think there were a lot of question marks here um, in terms of what it is that they were going to do. And when I think back on this Cordell, um, I'm not really sure why that there were a lot of question marks. I feel like that the, the San Francisco 49ers defense and what it is that they do generally week in and week out actually fits really well into what the Ravens can do, particularly starting at the offensive line. They're a team that does not blitz a ton. I believe that they're 30th in blitz pressure, which means that they're only going to use their four guys. Now, to be fair, their four guys up front are very, very good. I mean, they got star power level essentially on all three levels. I would say that their secondary is probably the weakest link, but that's I'm saying that because the other two are so strong. I'm not saying that they're weak. I'm saying that they're the weakest link because their linebacking core and their front four is extremely strong, which allows their secondary to kind of not necessarily work too hard, right? Because the front seven does a lot for them. So going into this game, you knew that the 49ers probably weren't going to blitz a lot because they use uh Bosa they are going to use Chase Young they're going to use their defensive tackles although that they they did have some injuries there um Hargraves did play Hargraves played uh, Armstead but he but Armstead did not but Hargraves was still day-to-day -day coming up into this game so you might not have been 100% hey it is what it is that's the game but ultimately them not blitzing does play well into the Ravens in terms of what their offensive line can do so uh, I thought that Ronnie Stanley and Morgan Moses held up very well. I thought the interior offensive line held up very well, gave Lamar some time. And at first, you know, there was some, some miscues there. And, you know, at first when it came to the passing situation and eventually they found their rhythm and they got going. And the, the one thing that you got to start saying here is Lamar Jackson is a guy that they're not seeing on a regular basis. You know what I mean? There's only a couple of guys in this league that can just make things shake. And that's Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, you'd probably say Patrick Mahomes, although, you know, this year has not been great for Kansas City, but we've seen what Patrick Mahomes can do. 
the 49ers, as great as they are on defense, still has not had a situation where they play a guy like Lamar Jackson, and then they found out on Monday night what Lamar Jackson is all about. Yeah, I mean, they did. And it's if you don't see – I mean, it's not even if you don't see – I mean, nobody really sees a Lamar Jackson on a regular basis. The AFC North, sure, um, they get him twice a year. But even, you know, it, it's tough for those teams to kind of rally him up. Now, they do a better job than probably any other team. You think of the Browns, and the Browns pretty much they, – they do do a good job of getting to Lamar uh, throughout the game. The Steelers as well. Lamar doesn't historically have great games against Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. I mean, the, he's just rarely on the field against the Bengals, it feels like, half the time. But, um, yeah, I mean, when you're the Niners, and they do have great pass rushers and they have a great team, but they don't see this type of uh, special talent on the regular basis, and you can't replicate that in practice. You know, it's nobody that you can put back there and say be Lamar Jackson. Maybe you could put a scout team wide receiver out there, but how do you replicate his arm? You know, because you can't just game plan for Lamar to use his legs anymore. You have to game plan for both. And I think teams are still trying to catch up to that. Um, But in terms of Monday night, I thought the offensive line was outstanding. I thought Ronnie arguably had his best game. What I liked the most about that game was I think the Ravens stars outplayed the Niners stars. The the Ravens main guys, they they showed up in that game. Um, And even some of the B-list players had better games than some of the Niners A-list guys. You know what I'm saying? So that that was the type of game where everybody understood we need to be on it tonight from coaches to the players. Um, and so I thought I thought Ronnie and Morgan held up really well. I thought uh, they, they looked strong, especially yeah. – uh, Morgan, I didn't really hear anything from Morgan Moses all game. Uh, Ronnie, he, you know, it, it, it's still every now and then was a struggle, but overall, yeah. I, I thought overall, Ronnie yeah. played really well in yep. that game, and it was huge, especially with Makari going down later in the game with the hit with the concussion. Um, and then you have uh, uh, Kevin Zeitler who went down as well with the groin issue, and we saw Ben Cleveland in the game a couple of times. So uh, hopefully uh, Zeitler will end up being all right because that that's something that's a little worrisome. Yeah. Um, yep. Lamar, after after he tripped over that ref, I mean, he was a totally <laughs> different dude. And, and I saw a lot of discourse. Of course, Twitter, everybody has got something to say about that play. I mean, they're always going to call it. It doesn't yeah. matter. I'm not saying it's right because it's not. I don't think that it's right. You know, um, I, I have opinions about referees and, be, and, and being a certain age. I'm sorry. At, at a certain age, you can't move mm-hmm. the way you like. But ultimately, um, yes. He was in the way, but they're never going to not call no. it on the player. Never. So just get used to that. And, and I agree with the eight. I mean, I've said for a while that there needs to be an age limit on you know how I feel about guidelines. Yes. You know, yes. just everybody involved in the game. You you need to yes. be able to keep up. Um, but look, Lamar's breaking defenders' ankles. He's breaking breaking referees' ankles. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it just that's what happens when you are in a Lamar Jackson game. You don't know yep. what's going to happen. But at the end of look, Lamar put himself in that position, and that's that's you, you know it's unfortunate he trips over the ref. Um, but after that play, I mean, it it was different. It was different. He he was just on it. Um, he he's back to extended his plays. He's back to making really good throws. He and Zay were, you know, it seemed like early they they weren't on the same page, but they just kept they they just kept kicking at the door. They just kept yeah. 
kept going. And Zay finishes the game with nine catches over 70 yards, gets the touchdown. I thought he just, I mean, clearly the game plan was for him and he showed out. He he showed out. Um, I thought Bateman looked good. Bateman looked fresh. He looked spry. Uh, yeah, he, he, he had that pass bounce off of him. Right. That yeah, awesome. he had that. He had that one drop. Um, it was a couple. Of, that was a whole series, right? At, right. In terms of that, like that, there was a because couple Lamar of couldn't on connect with Zay on that series either. Right. A couple of times. So yeah, yeah he that, threw that, behind that, him a couple times. Right. Um, Zay then had a pass kind of go in between his his hands. Mm-hmm. Um, in that situation, so you you were like, oh. Is this going yeah. to be that kind of night? But then they they rebounded very very well, and, and then both I teams think started slow. Yeah, both teams started yeah. slow. I, I think a lot. I think some of it was nerves. I mean, Lamar was inaccurate on his first like four or five passes of the game. I mean, he yeah. he, he looked like he had some nerves going. Um, so I, I'm not. I wasn't surprised by that. The good thing was they settled down first. You know, they were the ones to be because Brock Purdy never settled down. It honestly looked like the moment was too big for him. And I mean, it's a regular right. season game against a non-conference opponent. I was disappointed in what I saw from Brock Purdy. To be honest with you, he I I, I wanted to see, you know, these quarterbacks kind of duke it out, and we got a lopsided match because Purdy just looked like he didn't belong on the field. Lamar on the yeah. other hand, uh Nick Bosa, I mean, they put him in a limb, they put him in limbo. They're running right at him. They're running some of that read option right at him. Lamar's escaping some of the sacks. I mean, they 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 put so much stress on pass rushers. And um you, you just see it. I mean, and then you got to see Lamar in the open field make some plays. Yeah, that one play was for look again. Y'all not seeing Lamar Jackson like that on a regular. Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, okay, yes, but we haven't really seen Kyler in quite a while, right? In terms of like him at his best, right, and even right. then, I believe the Cardinals ran two hundred yards uh, on the Forty Nine ers just right. not long ago. So, I mean, listen, Lamar is, is a special, special talent, and he found a way to remind everybody mm-hmm. on the national stage he still got it on his legs because that oh, yeah. he, he moved at a pace that we had not seen him really move in quite some time on that one play that he had the 30 plus yards and i think it's gonna we're gonna keep seeing those types of plays we're gonna see it again on sunday against the dolphins and yeah. I think we're gonna see it throughout the postseason as well you know I, I figured as soon as we got into december and into the playoffs we're gonna see lamar start to you know, take the Maserati out of the garage uh, more often than we have to this point. The run game, little, you know, it, the first game gotten to see them without Keaton Mitchell uh, again and only 102 yards on the ground, not great. Um, it's that that's the sore spot a little bit for me. I am a little concerned about that going forward because Gus just – he did find the end zone. Gus is Gus is great in short yardage. He's great yes, in the he end is. zone. That's yes, not going to change. Yep. Um, but what about the on schedule runs? What about the, the 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 runs to keep them ahead of the chains and stuff like that? They're just not as efficient in the run game as we're used to seeing. So I am curious to see if they'll be able to cling that up here on the back end of the season, because they need that. I mean, that's, that's how they put teams away. And I'm not overly concerned because at the end of the day, you know, the Ravens have shown that when they really want to run the football, they can, and they will. Um, So we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes in the future, but yeah, I mean, offensively great day for those guys. Great job by Todd Munkin 
kind of putting the ball in Lamar's hands. John Harbaugh said they that you know they had a, a difficult game plan this week that Lamar executed, and it looked like the game plan to me was pretty much Lamar go out there and whatever you see go with it. You know, you obviously yep. he has full reign to change plays at the line, but yep. I think. I, I think that they, you know, this was one of those games where they really put the ball in Lamar's hands and allowed him to go out there and win the game for him. And that's what he's supposed to do, right, at this point. He's the quarterback of this team. They are only three losses. You have to allow Lamar Jackson to see and understand what's going on and get the feel of the game because he's the one that's out there playing and make the plays that need to be played, make the changes that need to be changed. You know, so good for them for allowing Lamar to be flexible about what it is that, the, that they're doing because he can see what they're doing. He, if, he, if he doesn't like what was called, he can check out of that. He can make the plays that needs to be done. And I think that they did a really good job of that. Again, you know, we sit here and talk about, oh, how great that this um, San Francisco's defense is. And it is. It is a very, very good defense. But they do have weaknesses. My favorite thing, though. Is um, so we're we're watching the game, and at first they have Likely and Gibson together, and I was just like, first of all, this is unfair. I was like, you know what? It's gonna be more unfair if they put Kolar on Gibson. And what do they do? Eventually put Kolar on yeah. Gibson. Hey man, listen, because if he can't stop Likely, he really ain't gonna be able to stop uh, Kolar as big as he is. And so there was some mismatches there, and you know it really allowed the the offense to kind of open up the way that it was that defense the way that it's cut again it allowed Zay to kind of get behind the linebackers in, in between the coverages and and you know make the plays that he was able to make um and so I, you just got to really credit what they were able to do man they, they that they on offense uh really this was a statement game in my opinion and while the statistics aren't going to tell you that Lamar had like this great, great showing. It doesn't do anything for if you actually watch the game and see how it progressed. It's funny because early in the game, um, before the first interception, you know, uh, so Kittle had that big uh, catch in the first drive and they moved down the field and the fans are MVP, MVP. And I'm just like, okay. And then he throws the interception and I'm like, Oh, this is your MVP. Okay. So uh as far as I'm concerned, the MVP of this league showed up, but it wasn't Brock Purdy. Okay. Wasn't him. It was the guy on the other side of the field. That is Lamar Jackson. And Lamar uh, is not gonna shine you out with stats. His numbers ain't gonna be that great. But what he does for this team to get them to 12 and 3 is unmatched as far as I am concerned. And he did that again on Monday night. All right, so. With that said, friend, it is time for Pats on the Hat. Shout out to our producer, Spencer, for saying that uh, Lamar isn't getting benched. Because when you look at the replay of Brock getting hurt, first of all, I'm like, whoa, what happened? I, I looked at it numerous times, and I'm just kind of like, I, I think he checked out. That's my opinion, and y'all don't got to agree with me. It's fine. <laughs> but in my opinion, he checked out, and he was ready to go at that point. Uh, and so, you know, four picks at that point, I think, I think Brock was like, I'm gonna go ahead and mail this in and live to see another week. Cause I ain't having a good day. And then he came in, but even look, even if he was fine, which he did look fine. Cause I seen him on the, on the sideline watching the rest of the game. Um, he wasn't getting back in anyway. Kyle Shanahan had had enough of him and those interceptions. And that's what it was. And we moved on. We had to move forward. So Kyle, I think that that was a quasi bench. I could be wrong here. 
But I'm telling you, that man was fine. And I think he gave up. And I think Kyle Shanahan had, had enough in Yeah, I think he was good enough to go back in the game. Um yes. I think I think they just probably looked at it like, you know, it's not even worth it at this point. Uh, this isn't a game that they necessarily needed. And he get he had the same injury that he got the week before uh, against the Cardinals. So which was, he, uh, which was the stinger. Uh, he, he had the sting. He had yeah. a stinger. So, okay. yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that, that's that's what they're saying, at least. So, I mean, I guess live to fight another day. <laughs> Absolutely. So first pat on the hat, Cordell, who are you giving it to? Um, I'm going to go with Kyle Hamilton. Kyle Hamilton, the two interceptions in the game, does end up leaving after re-aggravating that left knee. That's another one that kind of got to cross your fingers on. Um, but I, I think Kyle, Kyle Hamilton is, I mean, is, is a study. Right now, there isn't a safety in the league that's having a better season than him. I think he is in a, a first-team All-Pro this year, I mean, that that play of his second – first of all, both interceptions were great. I mean, the completely fools Brock Purdy on the first one, and that was huge. It really stole the momentum away because who knows how the game goes if that drive that the Niners had is capped off by a touchdown because they, they had a couple of chunk plays on that drive. They're hitting George Kittle. It looks like they have found they found something that's working, and they get a touchdown there. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, um, for sure. But for Kyle, but for Kyle Hamilton to get that interception in the red zone in your own end zone, that was big time. And the second one, I mean, he gets chop blocked, he gets pancaked, and I mean, he's laying there just like uh, he, you know, he, he's trying to build the energy back up to get up and get back in the play. Finally, yeah. does it. And it's the dude's just a, when you're hot, you're hot. I mean, yep. he's just a magnet for the ball, and he, he happens to be at the right place at the right time, makes the play. Um, everything he does for this defense, he I, I equated him uh last week on my show. I, I said how Lamar is kind of one of one for the Ravens, and you know, he's that unicorn on the offensive side of the ball. That's how I look at Kyle Hamilton. He is essentially the defense is Lamar Jackson. He is somebody you don't replicate. You don't have another Kyle Hamilton around the NFL. Um, and it's funny because these hybrid types of safeties, they've been coming out for a while now. You think of the Honey Badger, Tyron Matthew, and uh, you you think to like Jewel, uh, uh what was his name? Peppers, uh, that was in New York. And, um, that the, these types of guys, Jabril Peppers, Jabril yeah. Peppers. Um, these, these were Isaiah Simmons. Like these dudes were thought to be that, but, yep. and they're good. They're good. Especially Tyron Matthew in his heyday. Tyron Matthews. Is oh stuff. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. but, but Kyle Hamilton is just like a different, breed of those types of safeties, those hybrid tall, types of he safeties. Has a wingspan exactly. that's, that's very, exactly. very long. He's super smart. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have an opportunity to talk to him, I mean, you can tell, I mean, you know, well, went to Notre Dame, so you yep. know you can't get in without being actually smart. They don't give out scholarships to unsmart people. Mm-hmm. Not saying that, you know, you get my point. You got to, right. uh, they're like Stanford in that regard. Like right. you got to have the, you got to have the brains and you got to have the talent to go there. Um, and he comes from, you know, he, he if you, if you talk, his brother is extremely smart. Also, he was, he's the Ivy League grad. He's smart, he's athletic, and he has the size. And those three things are why Kyle Hamilton is going to be a special player. Um, in the National Football League, you know, those things 
you know, when you put all those things together, that makes you a special player. I don't care about his his 40 time. I don't care that he ain't that fast. That don't matter to me. You got other guys that can catch up with the speed. And them doing the three safety thing was perfect, but Kyle Hamilton is the star. I didn't mean to cut you off there. No, it's all good. You, you said exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, but, you know, he has all of it. You know, you know how people say brains and beauty. and No, he, he I mean, he's a nice-looking kid, too. But the, the beauty ain't the part here, right? This is a football <laughs> game. He got the brains. He got the wingspan. He got the talent. He got the size. He got it all. And that's that's what makes Kyle Hamilton special. So. Who you got? I will give my pat on the head. You already mentioned um, Kyle, you, but you mentioned there's two special players. So I'll go with the other guy that you said was a special player. And I'll go with Lamar Jackson. Uh, he completed 65% of his passes, had 105 uh, passer rating. I know that doesn't sound sexy to you, but um, this is a game that this team felt disrespected. Kyle Hamilton was one of the people that said that, by the way. Um, they felt disrespected by the fact that the 49ers was – not only uh, favored, which the Ravens would consider heavily. You know, six points might not be considered heavily to somebody else, but the Ravens felt like that they were equally good. They both had the same record, and they felt like they were disrespected. And I feel like Lamar understood the assignment as well. Of course, he called out Mike Florio mm-hmm. uh, for saying what he said, and he had, you know, the the day that, again, you might not find to be sexy, but he did enough. Two touchdowns. He ran for 45 yards as well. Um, he makes this run game go. That We all know that anyway. Um, but Lamar, once after he got that rust taken off early on, he started grooving, and it was very hard to stop this team. And I just think that the Ravens benefit so well of playing in the AFC North that they're prepared for essentially anything. And um, Lamar is, for lack of a better term, battle-tested. He's always battle-tested. Their schedule has been extremely hard, and he's done nothing but go out there and and win football games. So um, shout-out to him, man, for continuously building his MVP uh, status and I, I said that you know if, if they win, it, he should get the seal for the MVP. It should be a lock to me. But if they beat Miami, I don't think that you can have conversation about anybody else at that point. That's just my opinion. So Lamar, in my opinion, is the MVP, and he solidified that conversation in Monday night. Who else you got? Um, I'm gonna go with Marlon. Marlon, I, I thought yeah. just, I mean, his his impact on the game was huge. Um, he has the three tackles. He does get the interception as well. Um, I, I just thought Marlon was all over the place. He was a big part of why the defense was as disruptive as they were, did a great job blitzing, did a great job in the run game, hitting the edges. He's, he's taken out offensive linemen. I mean, that was not only his best game, but I think his most physical game. And that's when Marlon is at his best, when he's yeah. able to be that physical corner. Um, so, I, I thought I thought Marlon was outstanding in that game, and it seems like ever since Lamar told him that he's been playing like trash, he's he's kind of <laughs> up. so hopefully it continues. Told him step his game up. I love yeah. that for him. Um, you know, I love that. I'm going to stick to the defensive side. A guy who we do not talk about a ton, but I thought was just disruptive. And what he had an opportunity, and he solidified his opportunity. And that's Brent Urban. He had two sacks in this game, not a guy that we talk about because we don't really see him as regularly as the others, but um, they saw a game plan that he was going to be perfect for. They put him in, saw him get held. There was a drive that they had three non-calls 
um, that they moved. I think the, the touchdown drive to McCaffrey, there's three non-calls. One of them was a really, really bad hold. There was an illegal formation they didn't call. Um, and there was a block in the back that didn't call. I didn't forget. But one of the, that hold, I believe Urban was the guy that they held really, really badly. I mean, to the point where he turned him around. That man was unstoppable. OK, and it's, it, it, it bows the question, why don't we see Brent Urban more? Now, I don't know the answer to that. Maybe it's just that you got a room full of really athletic guys and he's just one of many. Um, and, and he just got to get in where he fit in. But when he did get in, he did fit in and he fit in very well. So shout out to you, Brent Urban. Two sacks on the day. Uh, I was excited for you. I do think that uh, we don't call your name enough or we don't say that you know um how important he is when he comes in but he's another guy that's huge in size can bat down balls you know he 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 can be impact an impact player when the opportunity presents himself and he was definitely that on monday night yeah i i, I love what brent urban does when he gets in the game Me uh, too. He's with a lot of energy he's got yep. the great size he's he's an underrated uh pass deflection guy at the line of scrimmage yep um and honestly, he's outplayed Broderick Washington this year in a yeah. big way. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think I think Brent Urban just con- he continues to be reliable for them. Um, so yeah, I agree with that. When I guess I'll give my last one. I'll go to the offensive side. I'll give it to Zay Flowers. Zay finds the end zone again. Not nine catches in the game. Um, so you know, I I, I just think I, I think I think Zay is just. Uh, the man right now in this offense. And while it took a little time at the beginning of the game for him and Lamar to get on the same page, um, once they did, I mean, Zay Zay started really getting in a groove. He's playing with a ton of confidence, making guys miss. He's catching the balls over the middle of the field. Um, And he even got his touchdown dance in sync, a nice one. (laughs) That was the best one. No, the goal one was the best. I got to give it to the goal. I really, really like the goal. Oh, the goal. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that was cool, too. And really, the only one that – the only reason this one, in my opinion, loses points is because Charlie Kohler jumps in and has no idea what's going on with this celebration. I don't Wait, know. If was, it didn't really look like he was too out of place, so he was kind of winging it. It looked like he jumped in and thought they were about to do a dance or something. And I guess he realized that that's what wasn't what was going on. You know what? I'm going to head out. I'm, I'm going to head out. I'm going I'm to check out an exit stage left. You um, know what, man, when they was in the gym? No, he, he clearly was gym? not there for the rehearsals. Clearly exactly. wasn't. If you're not so there not- for rehearsals, don't jump in the celebration. But he did. Look, it did not deter that celebration. It was fantastic okay loved every bit of it uh i love the grinch anyway people always say i'm very grinchish during christmas i don't know why but you know i'm not gonna lie to you i love that he was stealing presents stealing wins in san francisco my favorite thing here uh I, you know i guess i gotta find me one more i mean it's so many it, 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 it's so i'll give it to patrick queen why not let's okay. give patrick queen patrick queen has an interception on the game uh and and Look, just like he said, they they are they are poised to play this type of football. This is the team that, you know, every week they're battle tested. Every week they have to find a way to make the plays. I felt like Patrick Queen um was disruptive as well all day. Um they used him in blitzing packages a lot. Um, because you saw him in the backfield pretty often. So he was very disruptive. And then again, he has the interception as well. So I will give Patrick Queen 
my last pat on the hat. Any honorable mentions before we go? I just feel like we have so many guys. It is a lot. Really uh, I'll give one to the to the coaching staff. I think the coaches did a great job. Uh, John Harbaugh got his guys ready to play in this one. So much is said about John throughout the year, but this is why I defend John Harbaugh. Uh, when I do, and I don't defend him to excuse when he messes up. I call yeah. him out on that, but I leave it at that because these types of games overshadow those moments. He gets his yeah. guys ready uh, to play, um, and you know both coordinators were outstanding. The special yeah. teams was on point. Um, so in all phases, when you get a total team win like that and in a dominating fashion on the road against that type of team you gotta tip your hat to the coaching staff absolutely I, that you know like you said we are critical of hardball but you gotta give him his flowers when he needs uh to have them i think it's very important to be objective about that and hardball is going to end up being a first uh hall of fame coach uh first ballot and you know i think that he has just been phenomenal <laughs> one thing i will say is uh, Mike McDonald, we love you here. You got to learn how to um, be in sync when you high-fiving out there. Because that <laughs> high-five, I think you almost slap that man a little bit. Right. A little bit to the left, okay? <laughs> we want you to move it just a little bit to the right. Because you that was very close to being a slap in the face. But we know we you were excited. We understand you were very excited. Shout out to everybody who made the trip. Look, the, the going to the West Coast, Cali is not cheap, Cordell. So, as much as we see Ravens flock everywhere, this one was a, they were still there. Don't get it twisted. Ravens flock mm -hmm. was still there. I had an opportunity to talk to a lot of people who were from Baltimore that lived out there, who were not from Baltimore, but were Ravens fans. I met a kid that, you know, I've been a fan since Steve McNair, which made me feel really, really old because that's 2006. And um, at that point, I had an eight year old. Okay. So he said he was a child, but it is what it is. Um, but having an opportunity to just talk to people that made the trip to um, San Francisco to go to the game, uh, you know, because Chris, it, it is, it was Christmas. And then, so that was a lot, you know, add to the fact that Cali is a, not a cheap state. No. Um, shout out to everybody who made it to the game. Um, Levi Stadium, it needs a redo. It is not good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I got to tell you all this real quick. It is not a good stadium. It is a fairly new stadium that is not good. Very reminiscent of Heinz Field, which is not a good thing. Um, M&T Bank is the standard. And look, I know this is not football on the field related, but the Ravens got to feel good about when they go to these other stadiums, especially the ones that are fairly new, and see how not so good they are. <laughs> so, uh, M&T Bank Stadium, continue to be great at what you do. You are the standard because Levi Stadium is a dump. It was very dusty in there. I stand by that. Uh, and uh, the the pregame stuff wasn't that great either, Cordell. Wasn't oh, that great. Yeah, just, you know. They had a light show, but the lights were still on. Just very weird. It was just yeah. like, oh, just you know, it just wasn't that great. Okay? It wasn't the same as uh, Future at Candlestick, I guess. No. No, it, it, not at all. So listen, y'all got to figure it out. Wasn't that great? I thought I was going to get bells and whistles on, on uh, Christmas Day. Did not get bells and whistles. I did get Santa, but not bells and whistles. So mm. do better, guys. We want to thank you all for listening to the podcast. Next one, we will be previewing big matchup. Mm. Miami Dolphins against the Baltimore Ravens as they close the final two games at home at M&T Bank Stadium. So we'll be talking about that on the next episode. We want to thank you all for listening. So from Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive.
2400 Sports is an Odyssey company.